Gaming NBS episode 133. I don't even know our own theme song. That's all right. We're fine. About that, sure. Why not? And welcome to another episode of Gaming NBS. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Glad to have people here. We are at GaryCon. GaryCon! <laughs> we are in Sean's hotel room. And uh, which one of our listeners, yes, Sean, was kind enough to allow you to crash in this place? I invited Brett over to my hotel room. <laughs> which listener is letting you crash here? He is. Uh, but I will humbly uh, contribute to the funding. Of course. Of Dan, who is, his bed was right, o- he's right over there. His bed is, that's where and- Dan sleeps. I know. He rests. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. <laughs> That's pretty nobody nice. gives a shit. Um, yeah. Day, this today's Saturday. Yes, it is. It is absolutely Saturday. The third day of the con. Yes. Unless you are a Wednesday arriver. Which I was. But the con doesn't start till Thursday. Mm-hmm. Officially. Correct. So, Brett, how has your con been for GaryCon 2017? Well, last year was the first year I went to GaryCon, and this year was, excuse me, I approached it much the same where I didn't. The way GaryCon runs is similar to EverCon in that you really, it's nice. If you have a ticket to get in an event, that's great because then you can have guaranteed seating and all that stuff. But there are shit tons of pickup games and walk-ups and all that stuff is totally allowed. Um, I've been looking at a couple games like Jen Brinkman was running stuff, Dave Beatty, and some of those folks like, hey, you should come play with me. I'm like, well, we'll see what happens. And then I start making my way to one of them, and then I run into like Nick Ambrosio or Dave and Corey Wynn, the guys I'm staying with. Like, hey, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You end up talking. Or JT from uh, Game Crafter, the guy who's doing uh, all the tabletop event software, the same stuff I used at Evercon they're using here for the first year this year, which I guess is going pretty damn well for them, which I think has improved the overall GaryCon ticketing experience and so forth for, for, for people pre-reg and all that stuff. Yeah. It was... But anyway, it's been, I've been super relaxed. It's, it's just really nice. Yeah. Being able to stay up late. Have a few beers, talk to people, play some Happy Salmon. Oh my God! Yeah, that game is that did not go over very well with some people. Over. Yeah, we were uh, we Sean was like, we have to play Happy Salmon. I'm like, all right, fine, we'll fucking play Happy Salmon. And Beatty's like, oh, fine, I'll play this stupid game. And after about one round, you're like, oh, this is so stupid. And you play one round, and be like, oh my God, we gotta play two more. We gotta be who, who wins, best of three, best of four, or whatever. And uh, we had a pretty good spot, like right dead center in the middle of the. Uh, um, hotel bar floor. We we're running around a table, yelling, screaming. It was fun. Yeah. Until some of the artists and a few other people came over and very politely told us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> they were politer than that, but that was the that was the general gist of it. Was like, hey, you're not the only people here. Could you calm down, guys? Yes, that is true. Yeah. But the cool part about conventions this size is it's like Game Hole or Evercon, Carrycon, even QCC when I was out. With Phil, Chris, and Bob in New York, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the nice piece there is that it's small enough where you can hang out with people, have lunch, um, just see what's going on. Chris Steele is here, and uh, Chris and I just happened to, we went to the uh, seminar together that uh, Satine Phoenix and one of her partners was doing around live streaming their, uh, the games that they do. They're talking about some of the pitfalls and the equipment they're using and all that stuff. And then from there, we're both like, man, we're pretty hungry. And then you just, you know, we had, had, had dinner together. That was kind of cool. And it's harder to arrange some of that stuff at a bigger convention, like say a uh, Gen Con or something like that. So the intimate nature here, I mean, I spent three hours with uh, Chris and I spent like three hours with Matt Forbeck just talking about 
books his time in the industry, how the Dana Jones Award spawned because he wanted to have a birthday party at Gen Con, and that's kind of where, where some of that came from. And that's just cool stuff. Talked to Schwab, Shadows of the Demon Lord, heard some amazingly cool, very Mr. Schwab-style stories. Those were a lot of fun. Um, got to go hang out at Frank Menster's house, pre-con thing, Wednesday night. Corey and Dave uh, have gone there before, so they wanted to drag me out there, and that was a blast. So It's been fun. It's, it's a lot of... Uh, after running a con and then, quote-unquote, working at uh, Game Hole with you with the booth and just talking and doing stuff, this one's pretty pretty mellow, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been, you've been actually gaming more, though. What have you played? I have gamed. I have played um, Friday, which would have been yesterday, Mark Hunt ran Gangbusters. Uh, for those of you that know what Gangbusters is, then great. For those of you that don't, it's 1920s gangsters and we played um the gangsters we played were all it was called one last job we all played criminals from like the dc comics so i happened to be two-face one was the riddler um one was uh, the penguin the joker um the goon which i think is from dick tracy actually and then i think nutmeg was one that mark made up because it was like nut nutty megan Oh, so okay. Nutmeg, okay. So a lot of things having to do with spice. <clears throat> gotcha. So the 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 scenario was for like the first hour, us trying to come up with a way to steal seven point four million dollars in gold bars off a train that had two. It's an engine and two train cars, and the two train cars are completely full of the gold. And so. Um, yeah, chaos ensued. Laughs were done had by all. Um, Mark was really great, and he's going to be kickstarting a revision of Gangbusters. Yeah, I talked to him about that before he ran for you, and he's got prototype boxes. He has the rules ninety nine percent done. Uh, maps, minis, all this stuff. It's it's a little bit bigger. It's about digest size. He wants to do a box and a whole bunch of. He's keeping it very, keeping it real, as the kids would say. Um, he's got it in a very realistic approach of what he's trying to accomplish. And from what he said to me, he's like, if you have any of the original Gangbuster stuff and you wanted to like fold it into this game, he said you wouldn't even notice the difference. He said the changes I'm making are very small. Um, but he got a hold of the uh, um, the rights so he could put this thing out. And um, <clears throat> I think he's saying ah, it's going to be a couple months. Excuse me before he actually gets it all put together, but um, that'll be cool. I, I told him, I said, once you're ready, dude, we got to get you on the show so yeah. we can talk about it because that's one of those Kickstarters that, you know, Matt Forbeck has walked by like, hey, Matt, come over here, take a look at this. Matt's like, holy cow, I played the hell out of that game. That's great. I can't believe anybody's doing that. Um, and those are some of the things that at these type of cons, you can run into people doing those things. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants is more than happy to talk about the really cool creative thing. So, right. But Mark is just a great guy. And talk about a dude who knows that game yeah. in and out. He Man, he's the master of that stuff. It's so really good. Played that. Um, and then played Savage Worlds. Before that, I played Savage Worlds, Weird Wars, Korea. And Frank ran that. Frank Millard, I believe, is his last name. And Frank comes from just down the road from Madison. He's the local guy. He's oh, in, that's right. out of Edgerton. And um, he had a big – I posted a couple pictures online where it was, you know, on the table he made a set piece, diorama, what have you. Uh, it looked like a MASH 4077 oh, okay. yeah, yeah. camp. Um, and so we played 
soldiers tasked to the the this uh, blah, blah, blah. the gist of it was that we something happened where now the mash hospital is behind enemy lines and occupied by north korean soldiers and we were to go there and basically survey what was going on and not be able to break radio silence or um shoot anybody you know weapon silence for 96 hours so even though you'd go there you know, you could say, well, I think we have enough. We should leave. But it's like 96 hours yet. You have to you know? stay. Yeah. And your evac is not happening for 96 hours. So just it, hold tight. I have to give it to Frank. It's a weird war scenario, which for those of you not familiar with weird wars, just think of it as um, kind of a mashup between something strange, like maybe Cthulhu or Undead or Werewolves, werewolves. Um, during the Korean War in this instance. And so we, there was a lot of, it's an interesting adventure because you're kind of like not sure what to do, right? You kind of like hang out, you're watching and. And then when the weirdness happens, do I shoot it? Do I break, do I break that silence or what do I do? Yeah. And, uh, we went through that, got through it, um, pretty quick, not quickly, but just the overall ending was swift and good. And then I was set to uh, be in a game this morning, which I overslept um, and not very happy and, and relatively embarrassed at the whole thing because I literally, I mean, my alarm didn't go off, which wasn't an excuse, but I was just really tired. Really, really tired. Really, really tired. There's only, only so many martinis one man can have uh, before becoming very tired. Yeah. So so the other, um, we ran into James Carpio. Uh, friend yes. patron of the show. Yep. And of course, Merle Rasmussen, because yep. Top Secret, uh, what was an Accurate Herald, is now Top Secret New World Order. Yeah. Um They don't have a Kickstarter ready yet, but it's coming. Right. Um, got, they were handing out little bookmarkers and some cool stuff like that. Um, they had mock up boxes, um, big drop things where you like put your face in a picture type of thing. And Merle ran games. James is running games. I think Jason. Uh, is running games, Elliot, so yeah. Jason Elliott. So that's got a pretty strong presence. I know I tweeted that out, and immediately feels like, can I buy one? Better make that two. Can you get two? Um, it's not ready yet. I don't necessarily know when it's coming, but uh, Merle's just tickled pink. And Merle Rasmussen, being Merle, he'll he'll talk and he'll be more than happy to tell you all about it. He's a great guy. So, oh, the other thing that I had a chance to do, so. I was hanging out with Tim Deshane and Dave Beatty, and we're talking about the Goodman Games always does a raffle mm-hmm. after what's new. So we find out that Goodman Games has partnered with WotC. Uh, Mike Merles is in the room and says, hey, by the way, we're going to let Goodman Games republish B1 and B2 in Search of the Unknown and Keep in the Borderlands. And uh, we're going to convert them to 5e. We'll publish them for them. Great. Really cool. And then their, their Lankmar box set Kickstarter started off today as well. And that is Saturday. What the hell the date is? Today is the March 25th of 2017. So anyhow, that's live. And we're hanging out, and Goodman's going to have the raffle. And they also did the uh, Strongest Judge Tournament, where what you're supposed to do is put your arms straight out in front of you, like a so, and then they stack books on your arms. And the one who can hold the books the longest without having to drop them, or at least lower them down as gently as possible, wins. And it's the huge um, Judges Guild Kickstarter book that they put out, which is like an oversized coffee table book. It's, it's just gorgeous. So 
Um, DeShane and I both figured out what would happen is we both had long arms. Like us dudes with these big wingspans, we're going to get up there. <laughs> it's going to be a leverage problem. And, yeah, the dude who won was uh, a little bit shorter than Tim and I, but stocky, uh, really well built and a little shorter arms. And he was like, boom, just right there. He, we were all, <laughs> you're holding these heavy books. You're like twitching and shaking, but it was it was funny. It was it was a damn good time. But I'll tell you, so one of the, Sean and I were trying to figure out, you know, what we're going to talk about today because you're at the con and don't just want to talk con stuff. But one of the cool things, I shouldn't say cool, but, well, okay, cool thing, the OSR aspects of this con, right, are obviously huge. It's Gary Con, so there's tons of AD&D, Frank Menzner is here, uh, Jim Ward, you know, uh, all those guys are around, uh, Tim Cask and all that stuff. There's plenty of really cool old games. And it's interesting because there are a ton of people that I know online and who, who listen to us and other ones are like, oh, I know I play Blades in the Dark or I play um, Night Witches or we do a lot of uh, other types of games. And I know this, ha- I mean, we all know D&D is the big, you know, 8,000 pound gorilla or whatever it is, but there is a ton of people here who have no idea what Blades in the Dark is. They're like, they've heard of, they know Shadowrun, um, but not a lot of them play it. You know, Jimmy Yep, and Doc are running, and Jimmy's running some shadow run, and you know he doesn't get the same size tables that an adventure league, adventurous league table would. No, he he typically fills, does he fill he, does he, fill he fills his tables, but he's not he doesn't have a room of yeah, shadow run players, players yeah. like, like the adventurous league does. So it's interesting. I'll be sitting there talking to some of the DCC uh, crowd, and we'll be just talking about different games and stuff, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's a lot like um, you know Savage Worlds put out a." thing about Lankmar too, you know, that's kind of gone there. I've been tempted by that. And like, Savage Rules did Lankmar? And I'm like, yeah, Savage Rules has Lankmar. So, oh, I didn't know they did anything other than like Deadlands. <sighs> um, it, it's funny that the, the hobby is, it's not segregated in like, but it is very groups. You know, you've got people into a thing and they're more than happy to be in there. It's really, it's kind of interesting that you can be into OSR games. There's enough coolness going on. Like Eric Tenkar is here. So, from Tenkar's Tavern. He's got his Swords of Wizardry stuff and Swords of Wizardry Light going down. There's tons of attention and stuff happening at that booth. And um, people are all into this, like, hey, this is the latest, greatest thing. And some of them may be well aware of other game systems that are going on, but they're really, really into just this thing. Right. And that's kind of, it. Is from a nostalgia perspective, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But I think it's also interesting that <coughs> those of us who are playing other games and so on, when you come to a convention like this, I think the best way to get players for those games is the pickup games. Mm-hmm. Or it's a, hey, you want to try this thing? You're, you're in between games. Hey, you want to try something different? You know, then sit down and sit down and give it a go. Versus if you put it on the books, from talking to a few people, they were running. Somebody was trying to run Blades in the Dark, I think, on the books, or um, a, a couple like smaller press games, if you will, and they just couldn't get people because no one knows what that is. I came to GaryCon to play. You know, OSR games, not here to play that newfangled crap. Yeah. And uh, so it's got a definite feel and vibe in that direction, but there's there's people out there who are still interested in the other games. Ty's asking whether we, if the, anybody's playing DFA? What's, DFA. DFA. What's DFA, Ty? I do not know DFA. I don't know either. Um, but anyways, let us know, Ty. And uh, it is, and we were talking about that earlier, about how, yeah, there were some tables you wouldn't get filled if it wasn't. I, get, I, I don't think a lot of people come here to... I mean, they're not going to come here to play Fiasco. No, that's it's not. Or Powered by the Apocalypse. I don't know if there's a single game on the... Now, I don't know the entire grid, but 
I don't know if there's a single Powered by the Apocalypse world type of game. Yeah, I don't know. Scheduled, honestly. But, I mean, you know, the, the designers and the authors, though, when Forbeck and Schwab, um, when I was lucky enough to catch those guys, were just talking and Schwab's telling these amazingly funny stories. And you listen to him talk, you're like, oh, now I know where Shadow of the Demon Lord came from. That dude, man. Right. That dude. That yeah. dude's fun. It's all Roberts. <laughs> it's all sure. up there when it comes out. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, it's probably made him a better person. Probably has. <laughs> but they, they know what Fiasco is. I mean, Matt Forbeck said, oh, Fiasco, that's a great game. And right. we were talking about how some of those games are – Actually, I got in this discussion with Mark Hunt and Forbeck and um, Hobbs and a couple of guys, because, of course, Hobbs is here. And we've said how some of those games are, like, advanced games. It's usually not the first role-playing game you play. Right. I use, like, Hillfolk as, as an example, or even Amber Diceless. Mm-hmm. Or it may be out for a while, and it's well-known in certain circles, but you don't often get somebody who cut their teeth playing, you know, Amber Diceless was the first role-playing game I ever played, or... Hey, I only played Fiasco, and that's the only RPG I've I ever heard of, and that was the first one I played. Right. Um, a lot of the OSR games, I, th- I still think one of the reasons they're incredibly popular is not only because of the nostalgia factor of men and women our age, you know, in their forties, and going, "Oh yeah, that was really cool. I want to buy stuff that was similar to my home game or whatever." Now it's being reprinted, but um, they're easy, they're very accessible, and they're very familiar because they have. Uh, I'm I'm kind of like D and D, but in this other format. And uh, it's, I think there some of the smaller book games like Dungeon World transcend that, where it's a small book game, but you could easily play Dungeon World as like your first game. You've talked about that yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good intro RPG. That's not D and D, right? And however, I don't know how well Dungeon World will go over here um, with the type of type of gamers that are at Garycon. Maybe it'll go over really well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things I was. Um, kind of noodling in my head um coming back next year should i run games on the grid and what should i what should i run should i you know you know bone up on uh dungeon world and try to see if i can run some of that off the grid just to have a different flavor of games out there yeah so is that the topic we're talking about is this the topic i think so about, I, about, is this the main topic of the i show? think this is the main topic of the show i see Okay, because we're not going to do... We don't have Random Encounter, because we don't have a computer up in front of us at the moment. And that role is kind of some of the cool things we just heard about already. So we're kind of running this by the seat of our pants, because we don't have our pants uh, popping my peas. Um, Yeah, we don't have a lot of notes or uh, a lot of stuff in front of us, because I'm not going to be able to record this on a Sunday, so we're doing it a little bit early, uh, Sunday night. So... um, so I guess if you we've talked about like introing people into the into the hobby and stuff mm-hmm. and popularity of different and different game systems, I think is um, OSR being very popular and Gary Khan being popular and people being interested in the history of the game, where it came from, meeting some of the old guard, and uh, I, like I talked, uh, Corey and Dave and I we went to Frank's place, we left, and I said it's kind of cool to go do that. Was it the most fun experience I've ever had at a con party? No, I mean it was it was nice. Um, Jason Bowman was there cooking. Apparently, the guy's an amazing cook, so he, huh. he made he made a ton of really great appetizers. He called them wands of porcus. They were um, <laughs> they were bacon wrapped with Asiago cheese. Were amazing, and uh, I think I ate my weight in those. Those were wow. really good. And Jason's from Milwaukee originally. And yeah, works, works right. for Paizo mm-hmm. and uh, is very instrumental in the development of Pathfinder RPG. Mm-hmm. So, I think the health of that piece of it, because of the type of gamers that it brings in, it's just, it's really interesting. Lots of kids here, too. Tons of hmm. kids I've seen today. It's the weekend. So I'm seeing more kids 
Now, I know Forbeck's coming back tomorrow with uh, his quadruplets. <laughs> so, actually, I think all five of his kids are coming back. But anyway, um, it's... I think it's good for the hobby to have. It's not. I don't like the division component mm. of where you get people who are OSR versus small book or the, only this and not ever that other thing. I think it is really neat though that you can have, if you will, a division in how conventions cater towards one perhaps than another. Well, and there's ones that are like that. Like you go to Forge Midwest, yes, in Madison, and you could run a 5e game. Nobody's going to stop you from running a 5e game. Absolutely not. But typically you go there because you're going to be either involved in a play test of a small book, small press um, style story type game than maybe something more traditional or um, traditional is not even the right word, but something that that you would play at Gary Khan, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's like a Metatopia, which I haven't been to. I don't know if they're you know, um, I honestly don't know. I know the some of the people that have gone to Metatopia that are more into story games. Okay. But I don't know if Metatopia is strictly, like, I don't know if the if that's one end of the same, right? Mm-hmm. They could just be, I like Powered by the Apocalypse games, or I like uh, the Roach or whatever, um, Dread, um some of those that maybe played at a Metatopia um, that are just happen to be people I know that play those games that go to Metatopia or Metatopia is actually a more heavily based or you know, convention. So kind of where I'm, I'm been, while we talk about this, I was thinking like with Evercon, I want to try to try to make Evercon more uh, <clears throat> game hole con ish or even Gary con ish, not necessarily from the types of games, but Hey, is run better, it's more um, tabletop RPG board game focused than some of the other things that they've dabbled in over the year, over last 15, 16 years. And it's interesting the number of people that will say, boy, I wish this convention had more of X, more board games, or I wish it had, um, somebody should be running Fiasco. I really wish they had more Shadowrun or something like that, yeah. someone will say. Tim Verning ran Fiasco for us. Yes, he did. At GameholeCon, so that was cool. But, you know, and Alex has said... When I talked to him, he's like, yeah, I really wish we, we would have more of that. Hmm. He said, and I hear people say they'd like to. And he said, my immediate response is, that was great. It's a really good idea. You should run something. Um, not everybody realizes that a game convention, almost every one of them, is based on you as the game master saying, hey, this con doesn't have enough of X, or I really want to play Mutant Crawl Classics. I don't see any of that here at Evercon. I'm going to run a Mutant Crawl Classics game. And I know game masters, oftentimes we are in uh, dreadfully short supply or at least ones that are willing to go to conventions and uh, run these different games. But I think that, and even like at a Gen Con, right, where you have games on demand, it's kind of like a con within a con, right? Because Gen Con's so fucking huge. But that is a group of people who said, you know what, we want to have more of our stuff in this in this space, and you have to take the initiative and go get it. So I think some some folks don't necessarily go to local cons, um, or a convention like Gary Khan, well, they're not going to have anything like this. Oh, well, that's partly because people like you or I or Sean aren't running it. You know, and maybe it is like, well, if I do want to play, um, you know, Dogs in a Vineyard, I don't know anybody will ever show up to my table. Well, there's only one way to find out, right? right? And sometimes what you do is you tell your friends, hey, I'm going to run Dogs in a Vineyard. You come to Gary Khan, you should come and play with me. And at first... I always thought, boy, that seems weird. Why would I just drag my friends to a convention to play a game with me? What happens then is I'll have four or five seats. 
I got three of my buddies to play. And then I start trying to recruit other people, mm-hmm. actively trying to pull other people. Uh, I know Phil does this, and Senda has talked about this before, too, with, with conventions trying to drag people to your table. And maybe it's off book or something. But <clears throat> the short version is that if you really want to see these conventions change or have better, better, quote-unquote, whatever you think is better, options, I think one of the things that we as gamers, if you're going to complain about it, you got to step up and do something about it. And I think that's just something that, like I looked at... Um, at game hole and I'm like hey we're gonna do the podcasting thing here that'll be fun you know what we should do we should try to get some other games going so then when people talk to us like hey we know a bunch of different people who want to run different things like tim burning running fiasco there's not a lot of fiasco at game hole but we had some of the fiasco in our area which was really cool because burning took the initiative to say i want to do this and i know you guys will support me in that so i think it's incumbent on those of us who really want to convention to have something well, you might have to step up and offer to do it. Yeah, if there's nobody to do it, you might as well, you know, got to do it yourself to some degree. But also with the guests, I think, I don't know how many people go to cons for the guests that they have. But, you know, obviously with Gamehole Con and, and Gary Con, they're very intensive with the folks that are involved with Wizards of the Coast products and... and um, I mean, again, Monty Cook. Monty Cook was that game. Monty Cook was there, which is true. So I mean, you got a little bit of diversity as far as the industry guests, uh, but still going to be heavily D and D based. Um, Rob Schwab obviously is not. I mean, I don't. I don't know. He. I would probably lump him in. He's. I mean, because he's independent himself. But it's still, like a Monty Cook, right? Monty Cook's independent. He's the same a, thing with Monty. Thing. Yeah, and Monty comes from like. A lot of people know him from the three oh three five days anyway, um, but I mean you know Jason Morningstar or I don't know Fred from uh, Evil Hat yep. or you know th- some of those folks. Um, well, they had uh, I, I know Gamehole had uh, Tweet and Heinzo. We talked about yep. that when they were there, and but again, yeah. all the roots from D and D. They do right? have D and D roots, and that that is a um, so that that's true, right? If a convention does take the time to grab special guests from from a certain chunk right. of the hobby industry, then it does tend to flavor the convention. Right? I mean, Vincent Baker. I mean, and he, yeah. you know, that's he, a good point. He's a guest at cons, but he's not a guest at Gary Con. Yeah, I mean, and when we were at when I was at QCC, uh, Mark Napick and the team there, they had you know, uh, John Wick. Sure, I forgot that. But you know, John, successful independent publisher, you know, Seven C, all that stuff. Um, and he was the guest of honor, and he he was there. They've had Ken Height there. Right. Now, Ken works full-time for Pelgrim, but even that's a smaller press. And there were – it was interesting. We did have <clears> – <throat> seeing John at QCC, it's a five, maybe a thousand-person t- size of convention. But to have John there was a bit of a draw. But he didn't have a full table when Chris Nizak and I sat down to play with him. Sure. Because he said, hey, I got room. Come here and play. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll, I'll play with John Wick. What the hell, man? I'll, if I'm going to play 7C and my initiation, the guy who wrote it, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, and it's inter- again, it's, it's kind of interesting. He he knows how to, one, he's John Wick, so he's going to be like, hey, get over here and play my game. You know, he's not shy about it. And that's kind of that whole you've got to pull people into it. But anyway, long way around, if a convention focuses on it's Ed Greenwood, um, Chris Perkins, and D&D, D&D, D&D. Oh, and here's another guy, Jonathan Tweet. Oh, but he used to be D&D and so on. It does have that push so that if you're an attendee, you look at it and go, well, I don't know if, if – you, you may not feel welcome 
in a way, right? Hey, I want to run Fiasco, I want to run Dread, or I'm thinking of running Dogs in a Vineyard to pick on that again. You may feel like, well, I'm obviously not going to get anybody because the convention has this bent in this direction. Yeah, there definitely is in, in some con- conventions. And it, it may just because be because of the people that are running it. I mean, not that's an excuse or reason, but I think it could lend itself to it. Um, and the same with, you know, even... I think there's a con out in Colorado um, and that Rocky Mountain Savages. Is Is it Genghis Khan? Maybe. I I just talked to a woman who was at Genghis not that long ago. I think it's I don't know. But there's a, I mean, but they get, they run more Savage Worlds games than Gen Con at this one. Yes. In Colorado. I mean, it's, that's phenomenal. But they are, I mean, obviously the community is super robust there. They've had Sean Patrick Fan in there. If it's the, if it is indeed that con. It's that one. Um, so how did how how did it get that big there? Like who's pushing that game? Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there, I mean, in Colorado necessarily. Um, well, I remember talking to Alex about different guests and things. He's like, "Look, these these people are a draw." He said, "Yeah, I want to have Ken Hyde come. Yeah, you know, and I want to have Robin Laws. I'd love to get some of these other people that you know that are well known." Or Vincent Baker's like, "That'd be great. It'd be really right. cool to get Vincent to show up. You know, if I can swing that, I'll, I'll definitely do that." Mm-hmm. He said, "But I would. Yeah, he's be, not opposed no. to it at all." And he said, "But but you know, Brett, I would be a fool to say, hey, Chris Perkins, nah, I'm full. Right, I'm good, dude. Right, because he has a big draw, and it's the." So again, I guess where I'm, it goes both ways, right? It does, you want does. you want to have people come, and if that is an attractor, then it's a bonus, and uh, it, it, but the, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that. I mean, geez. <laughs> um, but I guess um, the main the main thrust of what I wanted to kind of say out loud is that the I look at conventions and I, i'll hear people and i had, had a lot of this with evercon tv like you should do this or hey your convention should do x or you should have y and i'm like i can't do all of that i can't run a multiplayer you know battletech tournament the only reason there's a big ass battletech tournament here is because chad parish and dead game society are doing a big battletech tournament right he offered to set that up he went out and found um, sponsorship for miniatures and so forth as prizes and so on and those are things that the men and women who are running those games you know, they're into that. Right. You know, Jen Brinkman wants to run DCC. She loves his passion about it. She and Bob Flat from Florida specifically to hang out with the Goodman guys and, and gals and, and run some DCC. Right. So it's that passion that that's what's driving them there and to uh, proselytize, evangelize their game with everybody else. And I think that... But going into that and touching on that, I wonder... Because I think people are inherently, I don't know, if, uh, clannish, maybe insular, not insular, but they 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 tend to group together. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Common common things, good or bad. So there's a there's a sense of um, camaraderie or togetherness or whatever that is in the game that they play, like the main game. So I, Jen's a good example because she does well, she does two podcasts. Um, she's been on our show. She's obviously big into DCC. Yes. Bob plays and runs Call of Cthulhu as well. So it's not, he's not, and I don't think Jen's one dimensional by any means. No, not at all. But at the same time, you know, she knows she's going to come here. There's going to be DCC fans, mm-hmm. and those fans hang around together and they know each other. And she knows that you know if I go to Gary Khan. 
or North Texas RPG con or um, even game hole, there's going to be those people there. Right. So I know that's true. Right. And some, some people are not, well, I don't, I could talk to anybody there. Right. I don't have to know anybody. I'm just going to show up. You get a guy like Brendan LaSalle, who's like the big, one of the big GMs for it. And Brendan is so goddamn nice. I mean, he'll come and talk to anybody, shoot the shit with you, hang out. Hey, you should come play my game. Hey man, I can't fucking give it where you should try this. It's fun. And, um, so the other, one of the other fun things to do at a convention then is to bring your own group. Right. Well, right. right. They're, yeah, that's essentially kind of what's happening where, you know, you get Dave Beatty who's doing some play testing. Hobbs is, um, runs some OSR stuff. Obviously he's got his podcast. So there's a little bit of overlap, but all, I mean, you and I can pretty much bank on a certain, uh, amount of people that enjoy a particular type of game to be at the con, this, right? Yeah, if they can absolutely. get there, they're going to be there. Um, it's more even in passing than anything like, Hey, are you going to make it? Yeah. Or no. I mean, it's on their list. And the reason they wouldn't be able to come is because something came up on their end or maybe they can't swing the money, um, you know, to fly in. Cause it's, it's pricey to fly and take off days of work and travel and all that stuff. I mean, certainly more expensive than it is for you and I to drive down here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's also might tie a little bit into it. I don't know uh, necessarily. Cause I think even some of those folks will probably go to North Texas RPG con yes. and then they go, they go to the, those three like game hole, North Texas, and Gary Con. Gary Con, right, are very similar in the games, the, the makeup of the games. I haven't been in North Texas. I heard it's more intimate. Like they don't, I don't think they have a dealer hall. I don't think they do. I don't, I do not know. I, I haven't don't been. know. Never been. Or, or it may be just tables in a hallway where vendors can kind of set up their wares on a table. I'm not quite sure. I don't think so. Somebody let us know from uh, North Texas. But it's, they, I think all the room, all their, many of their games are out in a lobby ish area. And then a lot of them are in conference rooms. And they have conference rooms here at GaryCon, but at North Texas, it's almost, um, you know, much more into that um, okay. own, its own room kind of thing is, is what I've heard. So I'm speaking out of my butt because I'm you know, ignorant because <laughs> I, I haven't, haven't been, been there. there. But know. that is what I have heard. And then people can call up and say, you guys don't know what you're talking about again. Well, the reason <laughs> the reason a place like uh, GaryCon becomes <clears throat> kind of like a haven for a DCC crowd to pick on those dudes and ladies is because those dudes and ladies love this place. They're having a good time with it. And it's very welcoming. And that crew is also kind of, you know, like a Brendan LaSalle welcoming, like, Hey, you should come and try this. This is fun. You should try it. And that's why I think if you want to take, um, so I'll give big props to, uh, Eric Farmer and, and Kevin Lovecraft and, and Austin when they wanted to do some kind of a, uh, um, a variant of the um, games, on yeah, games on demand at Evercon. It did not go over well. I mean, frankly, it didn't. And they've already figured out better ways to try to do it. But they love the hobby. And I told I told my guys, I feel really bad. You only got a couple of takers. And for my kids, we're like the only people one day. I'm like, man, I feel bad. And they're like, no, dude, this is fine. It's going to take a while to get people to understand what we're doing, what we're trying to play. And you get a couple of them that had fun this year. They're going to come back next year and say, oh, you're the guy. Or, or woman who ran this thing for me. Hey, Angela, I like this thing you ran. You ran Blades in the Dark for me. That was cool. Are you doing that again? And they're going to want to sit down and play with you. Yeah. So I think um, they're willing to step into the Evercon arena and try to help forge a piece of that, ha, 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 um, indie game vibe into a portion of that convention that I'm that I'm helping out with. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, i got to hand it to Kevin and those guys in, in, in Austin and Eric. That... 
when I had heard that they Kevin was going to kick it off, I didn't know Eric was going to be involved. I know he was going, but I mean, I thought you know in Wausau that's going to be tough. It was a tough, tough market to break into. Games in demand, uh, not impossible by any means, but you got to have first of all, you got to have so many to get to the con. Mm-hmm. And then you got to have a certain amount of people that are interested in that game, or you've got to promote the living snot out of just that kind of piece, right? And that was the thing that he talked to Kevin, being he, he talked to me about was like, how do we better promote this thing through EverCon next year? How do we make it bigger, better? And he brought that to me, right? So as a director for EverCon, <clears throat> he's coming to me saying, "Hey, Brett, I've got some better ideas. How can we make this sex super sexy, super um, sexy, more super sexy, more attractive?" To, uh, to the guests and everything to make it seem like it's something they want to do. And that's where folks like, um, again, the DCC crowd, Joseph Goodman, said, hey, I'm going to have the strongest game master where you hold, you know, put your arms out and try to hold the book right. up. So it, it's a goofy thing. He does a raffle. You buy stuff, you get a ticket, it goes in, luck of the draw, you get something you don't. Um, but that drew a huge-ass crowd in the, in the dealer hall just around the Goodman booth while they did that for a good half an hour. Um, it makes makes them stand out saying, hey, this crowd is fun, this group of people that we're all applauding when someone wins, even when somebody, you know, like me, like, oh, damn, I got to drop the books. I got to applause because, hey, you tried and you, you lasted up to five books or whatever the hell I lasted up to, and that was cool. So I guess, you know, working, they worked with the convention and said, hey, we're going to do this. Is this okay? And so on. And with Kevin coming to me saying, I want to try to make this better, again, he wants to improve it in that area. Um, and get people aware that there's more games than just D&D, Pathfinder, or Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Hey, there's some other cool stuff out there. Well, and, and games on demand, to be off in, in fairness, you know, it didn't start out with 100, 300, 400 people or whatever Gen Con gets now. It didn't start like that anyway. No, well, it couldn't have. No. It's not possible. No. So, I mean, to say that games on demand uh, is smaller at EverCon has no bearing based other than just the fact that it's hasn't been in place. Yeah, I have a twelve hundred I have a twelve hundred person con and they had, you know, maybe half a dozen takers. That's not too bad right. for a brand new concept right. at a convention that wasn't too bad. Right. Like I'm sure if you even mention games on demand to somebody at Gary Con, they're not gonna know some of them aren't gonna know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um I'll tell you that that's actually another interesting point about conventions in general is that there are a number of people who are huge gamers, they and they play their games, and some of them know a shit ton of stuff, but they don't like conventions. Right. And I was noodling on that a little bit, and perhaps a, a sub piece of what we've already talked about is I'm actually nervous to play at conventions because I'm worried that I'm going to fuck something up or I'm going to be a shitty player at a table. Really? To yeah. play? So I get nervous. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm you like, can oh, just sit there though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. And um, so I, I know me. I get nervous about. It. I'm like, man, I don't want to screw the game up. And if it's Jen's going to run a game, I don't want to be a douche. Brad, what the hell up. are you on this show for? Why? I'm, like, I'm a coward, man. I'm building up my self confidence. Oh, is that right what it is? Now. Okay. Is All right. Building. So write in, write yeah. your letters of support yeah. to dear Brett. You're okay. Brett Thanks, at man. Gamingnbs.com to say, hey, hey, little camper. So you know, put those pants on, pull them up. You can go in there. You can totally go play you a game you played there. before. You can you go can in totally that game. That. Yeah, you, you can know roll some dice. Dice, you dumbass. Yeah, and it's not like you're new. I know. So where I'm getting at though is, I'm like, oh geez, you know, um, well, I'm kind of busy here. I'm doing something. I gotta go talk to somebody else. I was gonna go hang out with somebody. I'm like, well, and then I think about that. Sorry, I'm banging the table here. <laughs> and then I think about that, and then. Um, AJ, my boy, says, "Boy, I'd really like to run a game at a convention someday." I said, you could run a game now. Right. Oh, I'm not old enough. I'm like, you could run a game when you're 11 next year. No, you have to be a grown-up. No, you don't. No, you don't, AJ. You could do it now. Well, what if I'm no good? I, so what? 
you know, it's easy to say, and then you think about yourself, true. but then to, then you think about it, like, man, put yourself in those shoes, and you've been playing Call of Cthulhu for 20 years with your buddies, and everyone says you're a really good game master, and you're like, well, I should, I'm running a game in a con. You get there, and you go, I don't know any of these people at this table. You know, the internal <laughs> anxiety. Running a game is different. Exactly. We're talking then, about playing, Brad. So where I'm going, though, is that if playing kind of, I go, man, I get a little butterflies thinking, man, okay, I got to, gotta, you know, buckle in, I'm, I can do this. Because like with 7C. I was nervous about, oh, shit, John Wick's going to play. I'm going to play next to Sneezak. What if I fuck up look like an idiot? I did fine. It was fun. It was a great time. Um, you get in there and go. And then when we tell people, we're like, hey, you should run this game at my con. That's a good idea. Can you can you help do it? I think the thing that I'm now learning, uh, I'm now going to, instead of looking at you saying, well, Sean, you dumbass, why don't you just run the fucking game? Um, instead of any attitude, I usually don't say it quite like that, but saying, hey, you should do that is you should do that. What would it take for me to help you do that? I think that's the next step for me as somebody who's trying to organize a con when someone gives me a really good idea. I really wish we could do some games on demand. I was very fortunate that Kevin and Austin did all the homework and figured it all out on their own. Not everybody has that. Right. So somebody says, hey, I really think we should have some more cipher system here. I really want to do some new Monero stuff. I got a really cool idea. Yeah, you should, you should run that at my con. Well, I uh, uh, okay, what do you need to do to do that? And I think that's where... The cool thing about the interwebs is like if you have an idea, like I want to run it at a con, you can bounce it off of people. But I think that's a another thing. If I were to come to, like when we came to Alex and said, hey, we want to be the, the podcast for the show, he said, that sounds great. And then we're like, uh, you know, waiting. He says, so what do you need? Oh, well, what we think that would be would be, can we have a booth? That sounds good. Can we have some tables? Yeah, sure, we can cut some tables. Yeah, we can do this. Um, people are willing to work with you. And sometimes as the con organizer may forget to say, hey, what can I do to help you? But it doesn't hurt to come up with ideas. Say, I'd like to run, let's say, a Numenera campaign, a big one. I'd like to run it like a three-parter all day Saturday. Can I do that? Yeah, let, let, talk to me more about that. You know, bring ideas to the to the convention people. Now, granted, at a, at a place like a Gen Con, which you, me, and 60,000 were our closest friends, probably harder to do. Like your smaller conventions, um, I know from personal experience, it's not that hard to do something kind of special like that or something that might be a little bit different than you'd find at, at a different convention by bringing it up and then coming with ideas. Some of your ideas may get shot down because um, a convention organizer is like, no, sorry, you can't have water gun fights. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. No Nerf guns either because we can't allow that. But here's what you could do, um, X, Y, or Z instead. So I think that's I think that's another way for people who have ideas of what they'd like to see at a convention you know one you 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 gotta get past being nervous it's gonna be tough right you gotta do it and then um, try to figure out ways to make it the most comfortable possible if you've never run a game at a con before and the first thing you want to do is run a massive start at 8 a.m on thursday and close down at midnight on sunday massive campaign might be a little rough for you right right to take it run a two-hour game don't run a four-hour game right yeah you can run a two-hour game Absolutely. Uh, that's just, it's that thing we can get in for two hours. Like, woo, that was fun. Short one page adventure, just bang right through it. So, anyway, I think that's. Uh, do you have anything else? No, but I think we're going to have to talk about you playing, Brett. I think we're going to have to talk about your, me your, your phobia. My phobia. Your reluctance. I know. It's you sad. can't screw up as a player. I mean, yeah, there's knuckleheads at tables that do dumb shit sometimes, but you know what? It's not. It's a con game, it's not a big deal. You know. There's plenty of discussion around the table, like to try to accomplish something in a team. Frankly, you sometimes sit there like uh, our gangbusters, man. We could have planned that heist for 
All four hours. I told <laughs> Mark that. I told that to Mark. I'm like, Mark, you're not running anything now. We're just going to sit here and talk about how we're going to do this heist, and then four overs, four hours will be over, and we're done. <laughs> you won't have to do a single thing. You just lay it out to us, and we'll just sit here and bullshit with each other for four hours. <laughs> That's funny. So, but uh, yeah, I think we wrapped that up. Uh, at a little bit more informal pace than we typically that's funny informal for us <laughs> that's hilarious but anyways uh let us know like what you think of cons and how they've been influenced or you know if you have reservations i mean we've read we talked about running con games right absolutely and the other thing i'm interested in too is like how did you if you had reservations how did you get by them and what do you like to see at conventions you know mm. apart from like hey i like to see you know 500 games in numenera right you're a numenera fan brother i dig it but you know what do you what do you like to see? What what's what makes a con cool to you? What would draw you to one? That's interesting, mm-hmm. I think. And the other piece is, you know, when you did finally break into game mastering at a con or playing your first game at a con, how did that experience go? Did you have a bad experience? And if so, how'd you get over it? Or did you have a great experience and it just hooked you for life? I'm just I'm curious in those things because I I'm seeing the people around the conventions here in this small little local Midwestern community. We'll see a bunch of the same guys from Iowa, Chicago area, Minnesota, Michigan will come around. And um, you end up being friends with these men and women. It's really cool. And um, I hear their stories, but we got a lot of really cool listeners. I'm just curious as to what uh, everybody else out there has, has accomplished or run into. All right. Well, this has been another game, Gaming and BS show sponsored by GameholeCon. Get to GameholeCon.com, register uh, it's the first weekend in November each year in Madison, Wisconsin. We will be there in full force. It's a great gaming convention. I'm sure they're growing again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And you can find out what they have going on as far as guests. They will send out emails. They don't spam you. Uh, but you can get some. Uh, True Dungeon will be there again. Yep. Um, yeah, it's going to be. Mark good. Miller from Travelers coming back. Mark Miller's going to be coming back. Um, I, who knows who else is going to join the list of. Yeah, speaking of special guests to draw people in, Mark Miller from Traveler. I mean, he's he's right. He's no uh, Chris Perkins, but there's still a lot of Traveler fans. He's been around for probably longer than Chris Perkins. I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. And so, uh, otherwise, I think that is it. We'll wrap it up. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following patrons. Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Jeff Rodemacher, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Bruce Cunnington, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Chris Steele, Knights of the Night Crew, Palladian, Jason Blaylock, Remy Billadeau, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Laura Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Eric Tankar, Brandon Barnes, Mark Tasaka, Brett Pazinski, Tim Shorts, Chad Knight, Dan Lavalley, C.W. Mellencamp, Nicholas Abruzzo, Nick, Victor Wyatt, Craig Huber, Eli Kurtz, The Lost Sailor, Graham Miner, Todd McGowan, Roger Brasslett, Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, Tabletop Game Talk Podcast, Stefan Brett, Dragon Spawn, Evan Harrison Cass, Finolf, Ray Otis, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Jared Rasher, Jared Lytle, Todd Crapper, Michael Parker, and Jim Fitzpatrick. Woo! For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you can support the show for an entire month. Consider going to GamingNBS.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, listeners. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.